Welcome back to All Things Mysterious, where we discuss conspiracy theories, mysteries, science that I can't understand, and the paranormal. I'm Jordan. I'm Matt. And the case that I bring you today is brought to you specifically by me today because I didn't think that Matt could pronounce all of the Russian and or Soviet names. That is 100% accurate. <laughs> that being said, we present to you the mystery of the Dyatlov Pass incident. The story itself is fairly well known and is not super long or drawn out, but I will warn you, it is gory. Nine hikers, here are their names, I'm probably going to butcher them, Yuri Doroshenko, Ludmilia Dubininia, Igor Dyatlov, Alexander, oh, I'm butchering this, Polovatov, Zenaida, Pomogorova, Yuri, oh god, Krivonyshenko, Rustem Slobodin, Nikolay Thibault Brignol, Semyon Zolotaryov, and Yuri Yodin decided to take a study break and hike to Otorin, a very difficult mountain to hike. Um, even in Russia, I guess it's considered like Death Mountain over there. Um, now, all of these people were basically college age or college students, um, and they were all experienced hikers. So they all just decided to take a couple of weeks off, go hike this mountain. So it wasn't like a bunch of college students were like, you know what, we're just going to go hike this crazy mountain out of nowhere, right? It was supposed to be about a 14-day, two-week trip. Um, they didn't hike the whole way. They took a train part of the way and then got a ride for the remainder of it. Um, but this is actually really important because the official trek started on January 27th of 1959, and Yuri Yudin had to turn back um, that day as he was not physically well enough to do the hike. So they were originally 10, but Yuri had to turn back that day. Question. Yes. Since when do they have trains that go up mountain? He, he didn't actually go up the mountain. He got like close to it, but not all the way. I'm just talking about the, tra the train that took him up the mountain. That's what I'm interested in now. Listen. <laughs> In Russia, anything is possible. <laughs> you know what's not possible? Me You're pronouncing, pronouncing all these names. names. <laughs> you don't even know. I, I practiced pronouncing these, and this is the best I came up with, okay? So, I practiced. So now we have Florida people who hate us, Texas people who hate us. And most the, of Russia, yes. The, the Welch Police Department and all of Russia now. I did and, the best I could. And all Chesters, which I'm not upset about that one. No, that one I'm that one I'm okay with. <laughs> um, so Russia and um, everyone that was formerly known as the Soviet Union, I am so sorry. I did the best that I could. I will probably stick with their first names because I'm pretty sure I'm a lot better at that. But I'm sorry, I did the best that I could. 
Anywho, Yuri Yudin, uh, he had to turn back because he was not physically well enough. I guess he had a lot of joint pain and he had a heart condition. Um, don't ask me why he decided that he thought he was going to be well enough to do this hike to begin with. I don't know. It was 1959 and maybe his heart was in good condition to begin with. And it wasn't then. I don't know. It's Russia. He probably was drunk on vodka when he agreed to this. I mean, that's a solid chance. Even people in Russia with heart conditions are probably well off way more than we are on our worst days. So yeah, <laughs> solid chance. But at that point, when he turned back, um, unfortunately, he would be the only survivor of the incident. So from diary entries and photos, we knew what they left with. Okay, we knew what they had. Um, and we knew when they left for the actual mountain from where they stopped. Um, they left on February 1st and they made it about two and a half miles before they stopped for the night. They had dinner and they set up and then no one knows what happened. This is where everything goes horribly wrong. No one had heard from the group after that. Now, granted, it was 1959. They didn't have, you know, text messaging and everything else. Not that they would have had signal out there, but they didn't have that kind of technology back then. Um, but at that point, everyone just assumed everything was going fine. But somewhere around February 20th, all their family and friends were like, hang on. We haven't heard from anybody and they were supposed to be back by now. And a search crew obviously was sent out. The first thing that they found was the tent. And here's where things start to get a little bit wild. The tent was found cut open from the inside out, not unzipped, not untethered. No, it was covered in snow and cut open from the inside out. All of the belongings, all of the food, all of the weaponry that they had had were still inside. And it was cut open from the inside out. That makes no sense. I. How do they know that? By the way that it was cut. Well, but, you know, I, I understand, like, when windows are broken, they can tell where which way is broken by, you know, the shards of glass. I just don't see how they can on tent. I mean, I can imagine it. Like, if you cut something, you can see by, and Matt's probably, Matt's looking at me really funny. I'm using my hand and I'm making motions, but. She's got a knife. You should all be scared. <laughs> <laughs> this but is about to be I a real life true crime mystery. Forensics. Okay. Forensics. I can imagine by the way that the actual blade penetrated the, the fabric and the way that it was cut that you could tell. I'm going to go buy a tent and I'm going to test this out. You know what? Please do. Um, I would be interested in that. Anyways. I would be intrigued. Go on. That's that's fine. I, I sure will go on. I sure will. But anyway, 
obviously no bodies or anything were found inside the tent. It was empty aside from all of their belongings, diaries, all that fun stuff. And it was just bizarre because it made no sense. Like it was just completely you know what's bizarre? left behind. You're going to dig at me pronouncing the names again, aren't you? No, but that would be a good one. Uh, it's bizarre that Russians had diaries. I don't think it's that weird. How many grown men do you know that have diaries? There were two women on the trip. Well, were the diaries the women? Uh, yeah, at least one of them. Oh. So that means at least one of them was the, one of the guys? I don't think so. I mean, there were photos taken, and I know one of them, I believe, was um, Ludmilla, if I'm pronouncing that right. Doesn't sound like that. Probably not. I'm probably really butchering that. And I'm so sorry for her family. I'm doing the best I can. Anyway, um, after that, searchers followed footsteps, which appeared to be barefoot or sock footsteps, by the way. Okay. Which doesn't also make any sense at all. Because why in the world would you be barefoot in snow in the middle of February in Russia? Um... It's just really weird. But they followed them from that tent and they found the remains of Yuri Krivoshenko and Yuri Doroshenko. Um, and they were both only wearing their underwear and socks. Um, now... Rus it, Russian vodka hits hard. <laughs> solid chance. It gets even weirder from here. Um... On one of them, liver mortis had been shown. So basically, I believe this was on Doroshenko. He had been moved for post-mortem. So that's odd to me. Um, but the trees above them had also had several limbs taken off of them. Now this is notable because they were cedar trees or pine trees, and they're not good for fire. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for any of the searchers and rescuers and all that fun stuff that had gone out there to try and find them. It just didn't make any sense because those trees were evergreen trees and they, it didn't make a lot of sense as to why they would have been cut. Um, also- Evergreen as in Christmas trees? Yes. Have you ever seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I have no idea why that popped into my head, but oh, uh, yes, I have. But it's my aunt's favorite. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I watch it every single year. Um, have since I was a kid. Uh, but my, um, I, I'm forming a theory here uh, that I'll share at the end, but. I think I know what happened already. You, uh, I... Pull out the case solve stamp. We're going to solve this case. Well, I mean, originally you wanted to cover this one. I know. So I have plenty of room at the end for you to go over your theories because trust me, I knew you would want to. I knew you would because you originally wanted to cover this one and you gave it to me because you wouldn't be able to pronounce the name. <laughs> to be fair, I only started the research on this. I never actually finished it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. To recap, the trees above them had 
limbs removed, and and both of their hands were burnt and shredded, and Doroshenko's face was covered in blood. And this this was happened um, post mortem. On February twenty seventh, more bodies were found. Igor Dyatlov, Zenaida, and Rustam. I'm not pronouncing the last name. Sorry, I gave that up. <laughs> um, Good. I don't want to get assassinated by Russia over this episode. And I'm doing the best I can just pronouncing their first names. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. All of them had basically been found between the woods and the tent hidden in the snow. Because um, it more or less had been a blizzard out there. Uh, by their body language, it appeared as though they had been trying to go back to the tent. They had been wearing clothes, but they were not wearing shoes or socks. So Igor had scratches all over his face. Um, they were deep, but they weren't bad enough to need like stitches. Um, bruising on his knees, ankles, and his leg, but nothing life-threatening. Zenaida's face was torn up, and so were her hands, and she had a massive bruise on her torso that police compared to a police baton bruise. Well, it is Russia, so... I like that the police were involved. Somehow. I mean, it could have, but like, where did that come from? And Rustem had a skull fracture. Now, supposedly, the medical examiner said that it was not bad enough to kill him. Don't know about that, but okay. Bruising on his face and other minor cuts and bruises. Otherwise, the medical examiner put their cause of death, including... Um, both Yuri's as hypothermia. I find that interesting. It's just bizarre. Well, actually, that explains why they were naked. Yes, it does. We'll get to that. Oh, I want to get to that. We will get to that in a minute. I, know, I have to go through the rest of the people. I know, but I, I know have this. To get through the rest of the people, I will let you have that one in a second. All right, it's been a second. Can I go now? No. Let me get through the rest of this stuff, because this is where it gets super gruesome. It'll take you 20 minutes to pronounce their names. No, because I'm only pronouncing their first names. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where it gets super gruesome, so be prepared. The rest of the group were finally found on May 5th in a ravine. They had stolen the remaining clothing off of the other, presumably dead by then, students, and tried to make a shelter. And these people actually had the worst of the injuries by far. Ludmilla and Semyon had, I'm probably pronouncing that so badly, I'm so sorry, had chest fractures that rivaled being in a car crash. And Ludmilla, I'm so sorry, her tongue, eyeballs, and most of her face were missing. Most of her face was missing and her eyeballs. Like, what? Sometimes when you're hungry. Semyon... However you pr pronounce that, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to his family. He had um, most of his soft tissue on his face missing and his eyeballs. So sorry. That's disgusting. Nicolay had multiple fractures to his temporal lobe, to his skull, like blunt force trauma. And the last one, Alexander. All he really had was a broken nose and an open wound behind his ear. And the weirdest part of all of them was that their clothes 
We're radioactive. What kind of radiation? Did not say. You know, honestly, that's that's the one part that I've heard about the story, and I've always tried to find out what kind of radiation it was. It was 1959. I don't know if they knew that. It just said they tested radioactive, and I tried looking into that too, but listen, there's only so much you can dig up on it without starting to get into weird crap, and I don't want my little FBI agent watching me on the internet to start thinking I'm doing some weird crap, okay? He probably thinks I'm weird enough as it well, is. Now we've got the FBI watching us and the Russians, so... Exactly. I don't need more. Okay. I don't need more. No, so, note to self, don't ever search radiation. You know, what kind of radiation kills people? Yeah. That'll put you on a list. I'm probably on several lists. <laughs> I'm probably on several lists. <laughs> I was researching a book, and I'm pretty sure I'm on a lot of. <laughs> Oh, Homeland Security and uh, <laughs> FBI watch list right now. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I know you as a person. You're probably on several lists anyway. Yeah. Especially with this podcast and things that we look up as it is. So saying don't, don't ever look at a writer's search history. Yeah, we look sketchy. Yeah. We look real sketchy. Every once in a while, after I get done researching a topic, I'll, uh, in the search box, I'll search. Do not take this seriously. I'm researching. Yeah. I am not a murderer. For those of you, I, I know whenever I introduced myself on Facebook, I told you guys that I'm also writing a novel. Well, for the record, it's a murder mystery novel and uh, one of the characters in it. He, he dies and we gotta we gotta find a way to bury him and stuff and I may have also googled that so I also look real sketchy um I'm just a writer okay um to my poor FBI agent out there I'm not a murderer I'm too lazy for that okay I'm too lazy and weak for that I also don't have the time it takes a lot of time I would think I don't know for sure anywho the first theory, Matthew, I will let you take this one. Hypothermia. What happens when you get super cold? So, fun fact. Hypothermia, it, when you get hypothermia, your body temperature actually increases. Paradoxical or, or, yes. undressing. Yes. So, and it doesn't, I don't think it actually increases, but it feels like you're burning up. Feels like you are boiling in your skin. So, a lot of times when people are, are hypothermic, they will take off all their clothes, which obviously exasperates the problem. Yep, makes um, it so much. So, I mean, that would explain why they're naked. Uh, and honestly, and going along with this theory, it's Russia. You know alcohol was involved somehow. I mean, they don't drink water there. They drink vodka. I get it, but at the same time, would everything have happened all at the exact same time, though? Have you ever been to a college frat party? If my mother is listening to this podcast, <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> no, mom, I have not. <laughs> We're so, going to go with no. <laughs> so we'll definitely go with yes on that. Or, um, <laughs> nope, mom, have not. <laughs> now, when you when you get Americans and alcohol and college and you know in all mixed together, the parties get wild. 
Now, Russia and alcohol, 100 times worse. They do. Now, there's also something else. I know um, I like to watch this show called Alone. And it's about surviving in the woods, like by yourself. And I also know that one of the best ways to keep body heat in um, is to sleep in the nude. So they also already could have been nude. Or close to nude when they were sleeping and something awoke. That sounds like something a guy says to his girlfriend or a girl that he likes. I mean, <laughs> fair, but when it comes from dang near everybody on like the whole show, I it's something about other layers. Like, I don't know. I, I don't remember the science of it. I don't know. But the body heat keeps it in better or something. I don't know. I don't know the science. I didn't look that far into it, but. You know, these other questions that I would be asking. I really should have prepared for that. I should have, I should have known. I looked into the other things more so than this one because for this one, it didn't make that much sense to me because the other people found clothes and got out. Yeah, I mean. Right, like they had their clothes on. They got dressed and they got up and they were trying to make it back to the tent. And then the other ones were found in a den, clothes. Have you ever been so drunk and you try to get dressed? and you don't know what, what way you're putting your clothes on or if you're even putting on your own clothes. Yeah. Jordan's mom listened to that. Oh, no, no. Mom knows about that. <laughs> mom, <laughs> my, my mama knows about that. So. <laughs> well, now she knows about the college frat party, too. Yeah. Well, mama's going to know just about all the things now. It's fine. I'm, a, I'm, a I'm 33 years old. She's going to just know about all the things. A, she finally knows about the times I snuck out of the house in high school. <laughs> I'm going to send her clips of this. She knows. She knows about the things. <laughs> but anyway, I just don't buy the sudden hypothermia all setting in on everybody at once just because not everybody would have it at the exact same time, I wouldn't feel like. And it would, I mean, I, I could understand hypothermia setting in on a few of them. But like, they were such, I don't want to say they were survival experts, but you would think that enough of them would be. It just doesn't make sense. And then for the tent to be cut open from the inside out. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I still believe the tent was cut open from the inside out. I'm sure there are ways to cut that. If you can and see it from the screen, you can see it from the tent. Until I can prove that that's possible to tell which side of a tent it was cut on. I'm sure you can tell. Uh, or they're just saying that to make it sound better. You okay, <laughs> Matthew. You just have I to mean, fight me. To, to be fair, it, it, this, you know, a lot of this information is coming from Russia, so. That's fair. That's fair. Now, the second theory is the one that is the most widely accepted However, it's the most, it's the one that I hate the most because it's the one that I also just don't think makes any sense. However, it's the one that Russia and or back then the Soviet Union decided is the one that definitely happened. Definitely, this is the one that happened. I don't think it is because it doesn't make sense. An avalanche. See, and 
that's the one theory, one of the theories that I actually know about this one. And it, it sort of makes sense. Right, there are little tiny pieces of it that make sense, but together, no, it doesn't. I mean, that would explain why they got hyperthermia. That would explain why they cut the tent open, supposedly from the inside. But if the tent was still but all unverified. put together, still in like one piece, all in the same spot, like avalanches are so destructive. Why would all of their things still be together? Well, I mean, the, everything's going to stay in the tent. Most likely. I don't know. But the tent was still right there. Have you ever seen that James Bond movie where he's in an avalanche and he has that suit? No. Which one? I forgot which I'm one. I'm not a big was. James Bond. Sorry. Now, now you just. I'm sorry, everyone. Just yeah. Everything for you. Everyone. I'm sorry. From the. I'm so dis you, you I'm, know, I'm disappointed. United Kingdom. That's their hero. Well, now they hate us too. I'm sorry. We've actually got a lot of listeners from the UK. <laughs> I know. I'm so impressed by that. That's the coolest thing ever. I'm pretty sure we have a, a listener from Russia too, or at least we did until this episode. <laughs> Probably. Probably. It's fine. It's all fine. We've just uh, lost the one listener we had over there. Yeah. No, but I mean, Avalanche, because for one, we don't know where they actually set up camp. I mean, we know where we found the campsite. This but, is fair. Uh, I mean, we don't know if, you know, if that's where they actually set it up. And like you said, it was how how many days after they went missing that they found oh gosh, the it was tent? like three weeks. So, I mean, maybe longer. it's possible that maybe there was an avalanche and. But the tent was still like in the ground. Well, but I mean, it's snow. So maybe part of this, you know, covered it up. And let's say it's not even a full avalanche. Let's say it's a smaller avalanche where it wasn't very destructive. That's fair, but like... And maybe it was just enough snow just to cover the tent. And then they climbed out, you know, out naked. Out the tent open, Yeah. And they were in the snow, so they got hypothermia quickly. Some of them died quickly. Some of them stole clothes and, you know, put on whatever clothes they could find. And then by the time they found the campsite, some of the snow had melted. And voila. I don't know. I still don't buy it. That's what, like, Russia officially believes happened. I still don't like it because it was such a small grade that they were on that it doesn't make sense. Well, but I mean, again, we don't know exactly where the tent was originally. So, I don't know. It's still, I just, I don't like it. I, I still don't. That's just my personal opinion. Uh now, it would make sense for a couple other things, though. Because some of the injuries, like the injuries to the ribs, um, if they were thrown in an avalanche at all, that actually would track. Because, I mean, like a car crash, I can imagine being tumbled around in an avalanche would make sense. However, they were maybe they dug themselves out. No, I don't know, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense for why their eyes and face and tongue and stuff. Well, that, that's easy to explain. Wild animal. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's really weird. I mean, a lot of this, like, obviously this is just all theorizing, but, you know, the fact that some were moved after they died, you know, that could be that they died during the avalanche and 
the others tried pulling them out because they didn't know they were dead at that point. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and then while they... a lot of good... I hope so, because so far... Oh, yeah, we've got, like, one, Ooh. two, three... We've got, like, four more all right, I'm ready to tear more theories apart. Let's oh, go. I am sure that you are. And I'm sure you probably are going to have more to add on top of it. Oh, I forgot. I got to rate your theory. The second one, right? First one was. Oh, God. Yes. You have to rate hypothermia. my theories. What are. Yeah. The, the first one. Hypothermia. Hypothermia. Since so I added to me. it and made it better. Oh, God. I'll give you a B on that one. Second one. I think that. I think it's a C, but since it's coming from the Russian government, it's an F. I have to agree with that, actually. I don't trust it. I'm sorry. And the next one, I'll just give an F. Save some time. Matthew! I'm <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. Screw off. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you the next ones. I'll tell our listeners. Fine. Rude. The third theory... Maybe I'll just skip around. I actually organized my theories a little bit, but maybe I'll just skip around and say screw it anyway. You don't know. You don't know what my theories are. The third one is a nuclear weapons test gone wrong because they had traces of radiation and the site was very remote. So many people think that it was a case of the wrong place, wrong time kind of accident. And as we probably know, not a lot of people tend to hike in February in the mountains, especially a climb that is, you know, known as basically Death Mountain. So a lot of people believe that the Soviet Union was using it as a place to test new weaponry, believing that nobody would really be out there and they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, we could also use this to combine it with the avalanche theory. So it could be both. Look at that. Mm. Mm. I don't particularly like the nuclear weapons test gone wrong. However, well, it's so the only thing that really kind of explains the traces of radiation. No, uh, but it really doesn't though. I mean, that's, that's without knowing what type of radiation. I mean, we're exposed to radiation all the time. Yeah, it's true, but still. You know, there's so many different types of radiation that the fact that it was had traces of radiation on it doesn't really doesn't really tell us anything, and it doesn't really point to anything because tra obviously, because everything I've heard, it was always traces of radiation. It was never that it was like full blown contaminated. It was. It was mostly traces. But it sounds cooler if I say they were radioactive, <laughs> Matthew. I know, but. I mean, traces of radiation, they would have to be pretty far from exposure to have traces. Uh, and again, I mean, we're exposed to radiation all the time. Most of it is, you know, not deadly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, I don't even know how many types of radiation, but there's a lot of different types of radiation. That's why I hate when they say, you know, traces of radiation, because it doesn't I mean, really it tell you anything. Be. It could be, you have a point. Have a point. So, uh, is this is that the end of the theory? That was the end of the theory. Okay. It was a short one. I gotta give that one an F. That's fine. I don't really care for that theory either, <laughs> but I had to throw it in there because it was it was really one of the only things that kind of radiation, just a little bit. Unless I know what type of radiation, I, it 
The radiation it isn't not, important. I could to not me. find anything that even came oh, close I to trying to explain that. Um, this one is completely out of left field. However, I like aliens. Yeti. Oh, oh, I like that one better. I like this one. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but we love the supernatural here at All Things Mystery. What if they were completely scared out of their tent from a monster straight out of our night? I mean, it's northern Russia. Unfortunately, though, this one. Yeah. Because. I know. In, in most myths of the Yeti. The Yeti is more of a peaceful creature. No, I have to agree with you. And also at the same time, I definitely would have grabbed weaponry from the tent and all the weaponry was left behind. Yeah. So I definitely would not have been going completely like with nothing. I would have grabbed weaponry and like bolted. Um, I would not have left all my weaponry in the tent. And, so. And honestly, I mean, if it was, let's say it was the Yeti, there would be... Not because, you know, most of them would have probably ran, but, you know, at least one or two would have been frozen in fear. Well, yeah, and they had cameras, too. Yeah. I mean, I would have tried to have taken a picture of the thing. Yeah, so you would think if it was a Yeti, at least one of them would be killed at the campsite. Maybe two. That's that's it's a really good point, actually. And there were some that were kind of close to it, but they they were still so far off yeah. and they were running back to the campsite. So it doesn't really track 100%. But I had to involve it because Yeti. I'll give this one a D just because it's got Yeti in it. I know. I had to involve it. I had to. Had. Now this one is my personal favorite because this one to me makes the most sense. F minus. Screw off. <laughs> <laughs> and I might not be saying it right, but I'm going to do my best. Catabotic wind. Have you ever heard of this? I am going to admit something. No, I haven't. You might have actually stumped me on this one. Ooh, I might have stumped Matthew. This is exciting. So in my research, I found that this wind is basically a very sudden, very harsh wind that hits hard and hits fast and generally happens in the same kind of geographic locations as where we believe they had set up camp. And it's called a falling wind as if the air gets too heavy and just drops. Uh, the way that they had set up camp, they had set it up on a bit of a slope. And the way that they happen, it's like the air just falls. And if the air had just fallen just on the tent, just like that, it would have felt like a lot of pressure had just fallen on the tent, making them trapped in. Making them feel like they had no choice but to cut themselves out of their tent and bolt. Was that it? That's that's what catabolic wind is. Oh, I thought that was but, the theory. <laughs> I mean, that is the theory more or less. And it has been documented in other cases. And it, it has happened in other cases, like exactly the same as what happened here. Now, granted, it didn't happen. They didn't freeze to death. But... That's exactly what it felt like to those people. Is that like the thing from um, the day after tomorrow? Kind of. Those big giant like hurricane looking things. Kind of, but it's just it's just wind. Um, 
and it basically feels like it's trapping you in there, which would make sense to me as to why they would have felt like they were trapped inside the tent, had to cut themselves out in a complete panic. Another reason why they wouldn't maybe have taken any weaponry, anything like that, and just would have cut themselves out and completely bolted in whatever they were in, clothing or not, ran out, realized there was nothing there, tried to get themselves back and froze. Hmm. But if it, so if it's pressure that's coming down, mm -hmm. it, I would expect it would probably do some damage. Yep. So why wasn't the tent damaged? It kind of was damaged a little bit. It was, it fell and there was snow on top of it as well. Oh. So. I don't know. See, my hard part with this is in order for them to leave their weapons, you know, because there, there's wild animals up there. Oh, yeah. It's a very unforgiving environment. So they would have had to, you know, the consequences of them staying to gather their weapons rather than them leaving the weapons yeah. would have to be greater than the danger of being out there without weapon. And I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, they've lived in Russia. They, I would assume most of them probably climbed that mountain before. So you would think they would have probably experienced something like that before, or at least known what it was? From what I understand, it's not a weather event that happens very often. And it only happens in very specific geographical locations. I mean, without experience on what it was like, I mean, I don't... I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but... It is. But I came upon that, um, and... It was on, oh gosh, theatlovepass.com, I think it was. And it's just a different uh, website about different things that could have happened. And I have to admit that I really liked the theory, the way that they had it set up, the way that it definitely was set up for that specific weather event. It was very, in my opinion, it was very likely to have happened, but we'll never know especially since i Why? mean just the injuries themselves i mean i can't explain all the weather and science you know how i am with science well, i explained that at the beginning that's of the kind of what i'm science, saying though. i can't understand because this was in the 50s 59 they i mean they had meteorological devices and you know to measure stuff and you think if this happened they would have caught it on some kind of sensor something i mean probably but they weren't really looking out there at and it happened afterwards. So I don't think they were paying that much attention. So essentially, we don't know if this actually happened. It's just theory that might be. It is a theory. It is a complete theory. But there's no evidence whatsoever that it actually happened. Correct. We have no idea. See, I, I, I like the radiation one because at least it's got a little bit of evidence saying, you know, that it could be impossible. Now, we know that the setup for it was correct, at least in the geographic location where they had their tent set up, the slope of um, where the tent was set up, the slope of the mountain, all of that. We know for sure that the geographic setup was correct for it to happen. We don't know for sure if, this, if it actually did, 
but we know that the setup for it was correct and it could happen. See, and that's kind of my problem with it is that we know where we found the tent or at least where they said they found the tent. Yes. But we don't know if that's where they actually set the tent up. I don't like it when you make me mad like that. I don't like it. Would you stop? I'm being, you know, because... No, it's true, though. It's true. I mean, what we know is that we found the tent. They were not in the tent. But we don't know if they set the tent up there, that we don't know if it got moved. We don't know. I mean, really, we don't even know if it was actually their tent, do we? Besides the fact that it had all their stuff in it. I mean, that would indicate to me pretty much that it was theirs. I mean, what if they set their tent up further and they lost it and they found that tent from someone else that was left it up there? Um, We do know, I think from Yuri, the one that got sick and left, that he could identify it. I mean, it's a tent though. Could you really, I mean, if I you get know. two tents I mean, that are the I same, would... could you really identify which one's yours? Probably. I don't know anything about tents. I don't go camping. I don't know anything about like 1950 tents, but I don't know either. But I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't just find a random tent. Be like, "Yep, we like that one," especially one that could house that many. Mm. Oh, I'm bored. Have one more. It's been a long day. That has been. A long I day. that one. <clears throat> just because there's no actual evidence. Well, you're not going to like my last one then because there's no actual evidence of it either. But it's something that could have happened that I like. Hold on. I got to rate your uh, last one. You're going to like You're not going to like it. C minus. You're going to like the last one even less. Aliens? No. Oh. No. <clears throat> you didn't it is another potential weather event. Uh, I hate weather. But it makes sense. Or it could make sense. Infrasound. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, the way that the mountain is shaped, it's shaped perfectly with a direct straight line wind. It can make a sound that we can't hear, but we can feel called infrasound. And these sounds create a feeling of dread, discomfort, rapid heart rate, and general panic. So like when I'm listening to your stories. Yes, or when we're at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, sounds like this can, if if they happen, um, they can create that effect uh, in people. And I can imagine in a group of that many people, especially if you've been drinking vodka for a hot minute and you're drunk, that can create some serious panic in people. So... If you've been drinking for a while. I mean, the Russians are And you're all, all sorts of panicky. And then you feel your heart absolutely rising. And then you just feel this dread crawling up your spine. And you just feel horribly uncomfortable. And you just feel like, for whatever reason, you are going to die. For no reason at all. This is Russia during the Cold War. That's how everybody felt I'm, all the time. Probably, but it would be so much worse. I can only imagine just because of this wind that doesn't even. That's a natural state of Russians. Probably, but it would be so much worse. I don't know. I don't live in Russia. I we live in Missouri. So. Or do we? Honest to God, <laughs> some days I wonder. But 
it it's a possibility. Um, and the way that the mountain is set up, it has been documented to have happened once or twice, but we don't know for sure if it would have happened in that area. We don't know for sure if it would have happened that night. We don't know. We don't know if they would have even been affected by it. I'll get this theory B plus. Ooh, a B plus. And then I'll take two grades off. Well, I'm sure that you probably have a couple of theories for me. Yeah, I mean, I might have stolen all of them. I don't know. He he hasn't thrown out aliens at me yet, so. I mean, honestly, like a lot of stuff, aliens explains a lot, all of it. I mean, not to give spoilers for a future episode, but uh, Skinwalker Ranch has a lot of animal mutilations. Fair, fair. Um, and all of all of them are mutilated at some point. I mean, all of them. I mean, we still don't know what the heck caused her bruising on her torso. We can explain at the very least why most of uh, a lot of their faces and their eyeballs were gone, and and that's probably animals. But at the same time, it just that's just horrible, and it doesn't. None of it we can make sense of, 100%. And I think that's why this case is stuck with us for so long. I mean, it's from 59, and it's 2023 now. But... Isn't it? Some days I wonder. <laughs> some days I wonder. But this case just sticks with you. Yeah, it, this is... Like we said at the beginning, this is one that I really want to do. Um... And contrary to what Jordan says, it, I didn't necessarily give it to her because I can't pronounce names, even Lies. though that's accurate. Uh, <laughs> I would love to watch you just look at these names and try. <laughs> this is this is one of the stories that I think a lot of people really really enjoy because I mean it is it is very much a mystery. I mean, we could sit here all day and come up with theories of what possibly happened. There's just but, so much mystery to it. Honestly, at the end of the day, I even though it's from the Russian government, so it's probably, you know, pop, propaganda. The avalanche theory to me is probably one of the least the most logical one. I almost wonder if it's a random set of events that none of us have ever even put together. And that's it. I mean, there's we're kind of theorizing that it's one one event. But it, it could be five or six different events that just compounded and, you know, ended up them leading them to their death. I mean, and I like my theory, you know, my original theory, yeah. alcohol almost, was involved. I wonder <laughs> if you guys are ever, uh, if anybody else is a fan of Supernatural and Matt, I know he doesn't get into Supernatural um, as much as I do, but there's an episode on fate um, where... I'm still on episode three of Supernatural. I swear to God, Matthew, you have to go further into Supernatural anyway. I get to episode three and then I lose interest and then I start all over again. Oh my God. Anyway, we're the episode where fate has to go in and she sets up things where it's just a natural trigger. where one after the other. We're just random sets of things. Tiny little triggers happen where one little tiny itty bitty thing happens and the smallest incremental movement makes the, the smallest incremental thing happen after that. And I almost wonder if that's what happened here where 
you know, a tiny argument led to this and another tiny argument or something led to this happening. And we just don't know because we'll we'll never know. We, we won't be there to know. And we'll never be able to figure out because there's not enough evidence to find. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes do we really want to know? I mean, the mystery is what makes it so compelling in the first place. True. I mean, if this was such a, if this was a simple explanation, we probably would have never heard of it. That's true. The mystery is what intrigues all of us about Yet Love Pass. Mm -hmm. And the mystery of Jordan trying to pronounce their names. Never know what you're going to get. No, no, you don't. Because I think I pronounce them differently every I, single time I said I'm it. pretty sure you did. <laughs> and honestly, when I go through and edit this, this audio, I'm going to just take like each time you pronounce their names, and just make a compilation of all of them putting side by side. That's fair. That's entirely fair. Because I sat there and I tried to pronounce them when I was practicing before I started the podcast. And I was like, this is going to be bad. So for everybody that's listening right now, you just heard that compilation. Screw off. <laughs> It's fine, though. It's fine. I can make fun of myself because I know for sure I can't pronounce those <laughs> names. My name is Jordan. J-O-R-D-A-N. Okay, it's easy. Cool. I don't throw mass amounts of consonants together and just try and make it sound okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's not a dig at anybody's name. I'm sure in Russian it's easier to say. Wow. Now we, now we have everybody I that's got sure a long I am sure in name. Russian it's easier to say. But... Here it's not. <laughs> well, is there anybody else we want to piss off tonight, or? No, I think I'm done. I think <laughs> now that all of Russia absolutely hates me, I think I'm done. <laughs> well, we may see you guys next week, or we may be assassinated yeah, by the Russian government. Hiding. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe that's why Matt wanted me to do this episode instead. Maybe that was the goal. <laughs> For anybody listening. I am just sitting here listening to the story. I did not write any of this. <laughs> oh, well. Thank you all for listening to this episode of All Things Mysterious. As always, it means a lot to us. So like, follow, and subscribe pretty please. All of our social media is linked below. As always, we keep guessing. <laughs>